0: It's Dr. Stu's Podcast, number 77. I'm Brian Whitman with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein, having a great time. By the way, if you listen right here on the website, StewsPodcast.com, that's great. Don't want to interrupt your flow or what you're doing or your schedule, that's great. You can subscribe to iTunes and listen through iTunes. You will get an alert from iTunes every time a brand new podcast comes up and 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 hits the internet we're into 77 so that's 77 alerts you could have had so the system does work and you get to review each podcast you get to on the main page dr dot podcast.com you can put nice comments we appreciate that on itunes you can give the most stars randy our producer is five stars five. if you try to put six stars what happens you get five you get five okay all right, because I've tried, you know, eight or nine, but five. You shouldn't
1: so be I... reviewing your own podcast.
0: No, Dr. Stew's podcast.
1: That's still your own podcast.
0: Oh, all right, but I feel like it's Dr. Stew's podcast. I feel like a facilitator. But I think you can only, I if think you go you can on only... the
1: reviews, it says number one fan from B Dub. <laughs> I, I think you can one. only review it once, though, right? Yes. From each computer. Unless you sign up with multiple accounts. Those yes. are the true hardcore fans. Right. Sounds like you mean a, I, I can't buy five stars like you can buy Twitter followers? You know what? You could, but that would just ruin the integrity. <laughs> There's nothing but integrity on in this show. That's and, right. On and and by our by the
0: show, way, there is
2: only integrity. Let's
0: do this because he's our friend. Ran- Randy Wang's our producer. Randy Wang, I'm going to take 30 seconds here to do this oh without boy. asking so. permission. Right, start the clock. Because everybody's my friend here, and I know nobody will get mad at me. Randy, for years, did one of the greatest podcasts available to podcast listeners called The Pretty Good Podcast with Gina Greg. And Randy Wang Oh thank you Gina now works With Mark in the Morning The great Mark Thompson Remember with Mark and Brian He's back If you live in Los Angeles He's on 100.3 The Sound in the Morning
1: The billboards are great They say he's back But not on KLOS That's
0: great Well that sends the message Randy uh, because Gene is off doing that, has reinvented himself to a degree. He's proving his ability as an entertainer. You know, he, he works in the condition that uh, th- that he's in, and I don't mean any... past 30 seconds. ...studio, or it doesn't matter. So Randy's doing a new podcast, which is exciting, because if you're a Randy fan, you're going to love this side of him. What do you call the new show? How do people get it? We should do this for him. That's it's, the uh, Randy Wang the, Show. The Randy
1: Wang Show. At RandyWangShow. Randywangshow.com. Randywangshow.com. Randy Wang Show on iTunes, Randy Wang
0: Show on that's, Twitter. That's
2: just as original as drstewspodcast.com. Exactly.
0: <laughs> we, we sat, at, you were in that meeting, we sat yeah, with we, Dr. Stu at Conrad's Nate, yeah. in Glendale, and he's going, Dr. Stew's experience, Dr. Stew's global, da, da, da. Dr. Stew's out-of-body experience, Dr. Stu's, I said, dude, let's start easy. It's Dr. Stew's podcast. For, that's what yeah. everybody will call it. Right. Hey, did you hear Dr. Stu's podcast? Hey, did you hear Randy Wang's podcast? That's what people call well, things. That's what they should call
1: it. Yeah. And it's either going to be the Randy the Wang, Wang show, show or it was going to be called it seemed like a good idea at
2: the time.
0: <laughs> I like what you chose.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm one, saving that you, one for my autobiography. You need identity <laughs> and you get, by Randy <laughs> Wang show, people get to know who you that's are. Important. Exactly. It's, it's branding. It's right. important. I mean, you've you know. already reached the pinnacle of success by being the producer on Dr. Stu's podcast. I've you know, never
0: I've never done a show, especially I did one real serious podcast called the Brian Whitman Podcast Show. And remember that first weekend it came out? right up there, second to Adam Carolla. Do you remember that when that happened? You
1: came out before Adam Carolla.
0: I did? Wow. You
1: started this whole thing. Jesus, think no, gonna, I started just podcasting
0: think... before Carolla, but in that, in that, remember on the iTunes? Oh, I yeah, can... you
1: were up there. Wow. Every time we launched a podcast, we launched a few of them with we Brian. Did, we did launch uh, a few. <laughs> one of them was called A Very Special Whitman Podcast. That was fun.
0: Uh, they all were uh, top five. And then I did, for Christmas, I did a fun one called The Twelve podcasts of Christmas Whitman's 12 podcasts of Christmas yeah I still get calls about that did 12 lined
2: them up if, just if before people term. want to find these things Brian are they online uh, I, Can think they find I, them? I think uh, on purpose they've been hidden tucked away they, in corners uh, they're, of they're, the in the the they're in the Whitman archives only Edward Snowden
0: knows how to find them basically <laughs> is the deal so your podcasts are great by the way do you ever have a couple of drinks and just uh, randomly hey let me see what podcast 32 sounded like <laughs> and t- I do I don't have a couple of drinks but no. they, okay but it's a fun mm-hmm. thing to do and if you're new to our podcast share.com Dr. Stu's podcast on Facebook. Share it with your friends, your girlfriends, your guy friends, uh, your friends in the medical community in or out of the evil medical establishment. Share it on Twitter. I do go back
2: sometimes, Brian, and read some of my my blogs from years ago. Because you
0: can learn stuff. Yeah, well,
2: actually, there's an interesting thing because... Because um, uh, a famous midwife in England just died. Just and we just want. I just want to give a shout out to sure. her. I'm sorry to hear it. Her name is uh, Sheila Kitzinger, and she was a midwife. She died at age 85, and she's wow. done and a lot of pioneering.
0: How when did as she was 85? How young was she when she started? Mid- well, I don't know.
2: 50 years, I suppose. Wow. But anyway, she she uh, secured improved choices uh, for expectant women in, in England, and 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 spread obviously throughout uh, the rest of the world. Um, Interestingly enough, though, there's an article written about her in the Telegraph of Britain. It's mm-hmm. a it's a online uh, telegraph.com, I of think of record, kind of a a, a correct pub, internet uh, publication of record. And she and she basically sort of, in some ways, slammed uh, Kitz, Kitzinger a little bit by saying that she was a little too earthy and too uh, too pro home birth and not pro safe. It was it was not the greatest thing. And then she said something which was so funny to me because um, she compared. Uh, Labor pain to a toothache, and saying, "Why would I want having to pull my teeth without uh, without uh, anesthetic?" She writing for a male audience. I don't know, but it's funny because I have a po- I have a blog that I wrote called "A uh, uh, Labor Is Not a Toothache," and it's I wrote it a couple of years ago, and it describes the difference between pain and for your tooth and labor pain, which has which serves a, a much higher function you for know, you this and is, your baby. This is, but uh, she goes on. I mean, you know, and again, to just prove my point that this writer was not what you'd call somebody who maybe should have been writing this article. Uh, For uh, this person, again, the name of the pap- lady who passed away. Sheila Kitzinger? Yeah. Yeah, and she, because the last, one she, last sentence she says, which you probably will laugh at because you've heard me talk about it so many times, she says, for no one could dispute that ultimately quality of care trumps the liberty of choice. Yeah. Yeah. You think, like, I, yeah, yeah, you think like, I feel yeah. like that? I'm Dr. Stu and I've approved this message. Right not, right. not a chance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the quality of care does not trump the liberty of choice. Mm. And, and by the way, the definition of quality is, is up for grabs. So it just makes me... Quality is a subjective term. It's very subjective. I mean, for some people, quality means uh, being close to uh, an operating room and having an anesthesia and a nurse, and for some people, it means quality is being left alone and, and being able to do the thing that they want. And so the idea that, that the destination is more important than the journey for how a woman gives birth is a topic we've discussed many times on this show, and it's just one of those things that... Sort of in a tribute to somebody who has passed away, ever all her her honors. It's sort of funny that they couldn't. She couldn't stop herself from getting in a few. Had to do that, you a know. Few it, digs.
0: It's interesting, Doctor Stu. You mentioned uh, in the uh, in the piece there. Uh, you know, it's compared labor pains are compared to a toothache. I'm sure because I've asked uh, women in my life, and I and I I'm not a dad. It would seem to me that every guy who is with a woman who's pregnant. Every guy who cannot biologically ever experience the feeling of being pregnant—that is for guys. That's something guys want to know. Compare it to, and I think we've had this conversation. My comparison is—I'll just be honest—we're we doing a podcast. I compare like having to pass a baby, right? You've got to deliver. you got—I compare it to feeling like maybe almost constipated, like you got to get it out.
2: I do, I do, and, well, and those sort of think guys, of the biggest dump you've ever taken, and then and then uh, quintuple it okay right enough, right. Of that. enough said no. hey listen if you really want to see what it's like th- 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 something really stupid <laughs> okay. that's randy delayed sound effect okay right, no but wait 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 wait, let me just say something because on youtube if you want to see what it's like to have, for a guy to give birth there is a youtube video where they simulate they give guys these they put these transducers or tr- on a, a guy's belly and legs and stuff like that and they stimulate the same thing and it's it's, How do we get Brian on one I, of these? I, I, I do that. It's very freaky, and it has nothing really to do. I mean, it's sort of a gimmick. You're funny. It's got right? a lot of hits on YouTube. I, I, I brought it up only because you mentioned but that men it, can't have, relate to it. Men shouldn't have to relate to it. It's not our job.
0: I understand that. But has anyone have women who would know? us, anybody who could be in the position to confirm confirmed that that experiment is actually uh, honest, that that's actually sort of what it does feel like for a woman? I don't know. What position are we talking about? Yes. Yeah, it's impossible. That's Squatting? why Are we talking? Squad. By the way, when you try to translate sort of those feelings, that's what I love doing. I do impressions, and I've done them my whole life. I'm a professional, right? I love doing them for one reason. I love doing them yeah. is when I get up on stage or on the radio, but mostly on stage. I do an impression. Bill Clinton's back in the news. His wife and oh yeah. Uh, let me just say that I did not have sexual. Rel-. Suddenly, the audience starts to laugh, and I go, "I know why they're laughing." Because we're all hearing it the same. It's a moment of community. Mm -hmm. It's a moment of community. It's where strangers, together who've never talked to each other, are recognizing, oh yes, we have that person in common. We do hear it the same way. That is what he sounds like. He does do that with his hand and his lower lip.
2: Well, it's also because you're good at it and you're funny.
0: Well, no, it's it's not about. But it's just that sort of that sharing of that common experience. I don't want to kiss your ass too
2: much,
1: but uh, it's not just uh, you know. It's one thing to hear it on the radio, but when you see Brian live or on a stage do what he does oh, yeah. he it's not just persona exactly it's not just doing the voice you become that person you do the mannerisms no. you you've got the thumb out there there's no way for me to do it
0: otherwise there's you no transform way for me to, yeah thank you and you know it's funny somebody well, once said to me in an interview I uttered out I said you know for me the trick was you know as a kid I did pastors and I did my uncle and I did impressions but it really clicked when if you do impressions or voices and you sound like him it's great and you can look like him like Saturday Night Live Daryl Hammond who's great in every Way. He yeah. looks like Bill Clinton. Right. The trick, when you find yourself thinking like the subject, then you've nailed it. I used to do Michael Jackson at the height of all the craziness. And when I'm on the phone, you know, people say Michael Jackson. He's been on the podcast before. Okay, I'm ready to go. Let's go. It's wonderful. I love it. Let's let's do it. And I find myself, okay, now I'm thinking like him. <laughs> and that's when the golden door opens. And so let me ask you possible. a question. When you sure. say,
2: you, when Randy says you take the face, your facial expressions look do you practice these things in a mirror?
0: No, I, uh, well, maybe sometimes, very rarely. Here's how an impression, in, uh if you've heard me say this before, I'm sorry for boring you. Here's how it comes. Uh, in moments where, in the shower, when there's nobody around, or walking through the apartment, I'll try to do something, and typically, if I can do an impression, I can do it. I'll tell you, I know right away if I can't. If I try it, and i can't then i go okay and it embarrasses me i'm embarrassed even if it's just me that i can't do it so i don't ever really ever really much go back to it if i can do it or i feel like there's something there then i just sort of keep doing it and then there'll be a moment i'll do it on the air i'll make it a, i'll debut it in some do you, way do you
2: practice it on tape because no. you know your voice sounds different in your own head than it does to people listening to you. It's the, just mimicry. I well, mean, you were doing this before radio. Right? You're doing right. it I was teachers. always curious about that. The great Rich... I don't see... And by the way... Rich Little is the, yeah. the one I was going to bring but up. But about yeah.
0: Rich Little, I'm glad you did. Uh, and, and to your point, I don't think... I don't think I think what I do for a living proves that my voice doesn't sound different in my head than it does to you, because in my head, I think, okay, right now, I want to sound like Bill Clinton. I would love to do that right now. And you heard it like that. And in my head, I heard it like that. Okay, so there's that. The great Rich Little used to watch films and video. He'd sit there and watch subjects. I'm going to learn to do Cary Grant and I'm going to watch Cary Grant and I'm going to nail it. And, of course, he did nail it, you know, every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one way to do it. I never watched videos. I, You know why? Because to me, I never wanted it to feel like a job. I never wanted it to feel like, oh, I've got to learn to do, uh, you, know, uh, you know, X, Y, Z.
1: Hey, speaking of nailing it, has any woman ever asked you to do Bill Clinton while you were with her? Uh,
0: Bill Clinton <laughs> and Jack Nicholson are the two requests I've gotten over the years both bill clinton and jack nicholson <laughs> you make me want to be a better man i'm not i remember you know uh you know <laughs> wendy right right i'm just gonna bash your brains he's good great movie the shining <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie the uh, shining you should see it Even little but, here's uh, johnny all right you can't handle the truth you want the truth you want some answers they love that <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they, it's really good yeah, especially when the lights are out Yeah. So anyway, so so if you turn the lights out and I get on top of you, you'll really have the experience. Oh, Randy, turn the the lights back on, please. I was kidding. So but no, but uh, thank you. But can
2: you you do Scarlett Johansson?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I could. Lost in Translation, one of my favorite movies. Uh, with Bill Murray. That's Scar- not exactly what I was thinking. No, of, I know. Right. You, right. He's but, thinking of Black Widow. Yeah, but uh, have you seen Lost in Translation? With yes, Bill- I have. A, don't you, I think it's a great
2: movie. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a... See, I can tell I even like it more than you do. I love it. I love the movie. There's something so... Well, there,
2: well, you know, there's no shooting and car chases in it. That's why I love it. I know. <laughs> just a, from, and, uh, uh, there's no spaceships in it. I
0: know. There's dialogue, and there's people right. knowing each other and finding...
2: There's no, there's no, like, politics in it. I
0: know. They're finding themselves and finding each yes. other, and I love it. And I love it. Okay, buddy. I know you got something
2: well, I, more important than Scarlett well, Johansson. Although know, that's pretty, you know, important. it's 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 April now. All right, it's, right? we're uh, past tax day. We are we are a couple things happening this month. It's obviously people are announcing for. Um, presidency yep. and, and i know that that's a big thing for you you do a lot of politics stuff
0: now we do pre-record but you want me to say right now the announced candidates i can tell you right now
2: as we record we yeah got, well, of course everybody knows everybody knows that it's uh, it's delayed
0: we record a couple of days right now we have on the republican side of course ted cruz Rand paul marco rubio on the democratic side the only announced candidate my little pumpkin, my cutie patootie. Hillary Clinton and Dr. Ben Carson, of course, because this isn't a time for a neurosurgeon to lead the free world. <laughs> huh? I think he's a May someday. I think the first Monday of May, he'll be announcing his candidacy. And by the way, speaking- Oh, there's of, a whole bunch of other people, obviously. Gonna speaking of endings, that. by the way, I know it's totally off topic. May 20th, the final David Letterman program on CBS. The world's changing, Stu. We're not kids anymore. Yeah, but I don't, I don't watch late
2: night television. So, so. it's April and people yeah, are Yeah, you know what? And, I, and what else I don't watch right now? Mm. The Los Angeles Kings in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh. I know. I'm sorry, dude. I, I know. When you, when you said this is podcast number wow. 77, <laughs> I was thinking, where's Jeff Carter right when I need him? Yeah. You know? I'm sorry, and dude. And it's like, yeah. How I are mean, you handling it? Oh, it's been pretty tough. Has it really? Yes. We, I, My boys and I were texting after we lost to Calgary last week and, and got knocked out of the playoffs and we were texting like, what happens now? Last year, this was your most exciting time <laughs> of the year. I know. I couldn't get enough of it. I mean, the last three years, it's been incredible. Now, here's so the deal. Is, is it, is it, is, I feel like there's a void. I feel like I've lost a friend, and I have too much time on my hands right now. i got to figure it out, because for the last three years, mm-hmm. this time of year has Been a really big deal for me and my boys and my daughter, uh, cheering on the kings. It's so important it's,
0: though, look, you had it for three years. Uh, the, the only to quote Richard Nixon, only when you've been on the highest mountain can you remember or know what it's like to be at the in the in the in the valley.
2: I didn't need to or be reminded something. this year though, okay. They, they could have waited another year or two to <laughs> Here's remind
0: a, me. I want to make a point to you, by the way, and you're a doctor, so I want to tell you something. A doctor, I went to like a real doctor for a checkup. My blood pressure, i my blood pressure is through the roof and drop dead. No, I'm not, I'm gonna be fine. But the doctor said to me, and something I had never heard. He said, Brian, he said, I recently read something. He's a good guy. I I I think he feels like, I feel I know him. I've known him for years. He said, Brian, he knows me, knows who I am, my situation, the whole thing. He said, Brian, I just read something I thought of you. He said, somebody really smart divided the human beings day and this is for people uh, all humans for for uh, women that are pregnant uh, I'm sure it might change a little bit Uh, for people who are not pregnant women men whatever he said they divided the human day into basically like a pie graph a pie chart remember when you were in school the pie charts right 25% looks like this much and so forth and he talked about the circadian rhythm of sleeping and he divided the day Uh, And the goal, the effort was health, right? The healthiest day is divided this way, allocating seven or eight hours for sleep, an hour to eat food, good food. Um, I know, do the opposite of that, by the <laughs> way. I do about an
1: hour of sleep and <laughs> seven, 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 eight hours, hours of
2: food. Eating,
0: yeah. A segment in there for relationships, for servicing relationships, whether they're brotherly, romantic, spiritual, whatever they are. Uh, there was time in there for watching Game of Thrones, exercise for television. Was there was that a in, time there? in there okay, for great. television. So it was sort of this guy. You might think that's overthinking the obvious, but I think on this program we find ourselves sometimes talking about things like this. I'd love. To, I'm going to get more information from my doc about that because it is important because not that you want to live your life with tremendous structure but there are times i know you talked about having a void there are times i know doctors too where i brian know that right now brian needs more structure and it's uh, because not having structure can lead, I think, to a little depression. I think it can lead to making choices you wouldn't otherwise make just to kill time or, or fill
2: time. I'm telling you that the ups and downs you have when you cheer on a sports team or you, you have something that you're that passionate about are incredible. I can't tell you the last week or so we every game was so important and I, I sometimes would turn it off or put it on pause and sort of wait for something to come up on my phone, like the king scored or the other team scored. Because you were because that I, anxious. Yeah, I was, it was. It was making me that anxious. Now, now is, is that it, healthy or unhealthy? I don't know. Point. But you're, but you're
0: I, a doctor. Answer. I, no, I'm going to make you answer that.
2: Is that healthy? You're a doctor. Is that probably healthy? not healthy? I agree with you. Uh, yeah, uh, you know. But the but when they win, it's the greatest euphoric feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So another thing that's going on in the in April, it's uh, it's fundraising season, and and one of the things I wanted to bring up on the podcast today because I want everybody who listens to my podcast to, uh, to after I tell you what's coming up here, to put the podcast on pause, go over to the internet, and go to Indiegogo, and go online for and put in heads up in the search. Here's the truth. Because. You could we, probably do this while the podcast's on. You could put, you could minimize well, the podcast and do this. Oh, that's true. I didn't know that, uh, forgive you know me. You it m- just shows you how tech unsavvy I uh, am. The
0: way, uh, by the way, I'm interrupting with a question. You're going to have all the time you need. You'll get all the info from Dr. Stu on this important uh, uh, matter. You said it's fundraising time. Yes. Forgive, is it fundraising month? For who is it fundraising time? For this
2: uh, uh, documentary that we're trying to get uh, okay, to get out. It's, it's called, important to called Heads Up, and the subtitle is the disappearing art of Breach delivery. And we, uh, it is, is, it's, it needs some final finishing touches on it. It's about thirty-two minutes long. It's a documentary in which I'm in it, along with a couple other physicians and some, some very gracious patients. Produced by a good friend of mine who's been on the podcast, Elliot Berlin. It's called "Heads Up: The Disappearing Art of Breached Delivery." Breach, a breach. No, no, ed. I'm okay. The disappearing art, art of, of breach, breach delivery. 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 Correct. Interesting. And uh, what it, it does is it really talk. It it it, it takes a, several women through their stories and intersperses uh, commentary by me and Dr. Ron Wu, who've talked about before of Glendale and Glendale and Paul Crane. Who, by the way, I want to give a shout out to Paul Crane because talking about smooth transition from home to hospital this past week, uh, uh, we had a client, Beth Cannon and I, uh, one of my midwife friends. I think she's been on the podcast as well. She has. Uh, We had a client who had needed to be transported to the hospital. She had sort of stalled out around eight to nine centimeters. And uh, Paul Crane, I called him out of the blue and out of the graciousness of his heart. He took her over to Cedar's and gave her an epidural and pitocin. And eight hours later, after about a 40-some hour labor, she had a spontaneous delivery of a nine-and-a-half-pound baby. Wonderful. Uh, no C-section, um, you know, no forceps, no vacuum, none of that stuff that Great. that might have happened. And she, and she was also 43-and-a-half weeks pregnant. Wow. So that was a good collaboration between the midwife who took her to 42 weeks. Then I had to take over because of the law, Assembly Bill 1308 in California. Um, that doesn't allow midwives to take care of people after 42 weeks at home. And then when she was in labor, I couldn't provide for her because I couldn't give her an epidural and and, an augmentation like Pitocin. So Dr. Crane took over, and it was really smoothly done, and she got the birth that she wanted, and she knew – when she went to the hospital, that she needed to be in the hospital, and she got the things that she needed. At
0: some point, we should um, at least extend an invitation to Dr. Paul Crane. He's come up. I don't know him. You've mentioned him a number of times, and from all the mentions and any
2: reference to him, all I conclude is is he's not only one great he's doctor, got a great but story. one it's, heck of a guy. He's a great guy. Well, he's from Minneapolis as well as I am. So, so all it, great guys a, come from Minneapolis. That's true, right? Uh, but he's got a great story to tell. I don't know that he, you okay. know, he's, he's not... A guy that would necessarily like to, to be the a in right, the public, sure. in the public, but you know he's just—he is a great guy, and, and he and, helps
0: uh, you when, when when these situations arise. He's always been very helpful. I,
2: I hesitate to call people very often, but this was a particular client in a particular situation, and he was uh, particularly gracious. So. I'm glad that worked out. By the way, we did not
0: hear if it was a boy or a girl. Do you remember? Yes. Was it a eh? it was a boy. It was a boy. By the way, I would imagine with all of the babies you've caught delivered throughout decades of caring for people. you got to forget sometimes.
2: Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I if it's not if there isn't a point to remember, if you'd ask me about it, whether it was a boy or a girl two months from now, I probably wouldn't remember. Interesting. unless I, unless right. unless I had more of a connection with them, unless I, you know, we're friends with the friends couple with or them whatever, or or right. whatever, yeah, or I just reviewed something in the chart or something like that. No, I, I it's very hard to necessarily remember all those things. I and I don't have a, a, a mind like you do. When you were recalling what that other person said and you were re, 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 quoting somebody, I was very impressed that you, you were bringing up that story that someone had told you, and it was like. How does he remember this stuff? How does he remember this See, right things? now,
0: I don't even remember the story See, you're, you're a, talking you're about. A, you're a good storyteller. <laughs> well, anyway, oh, back, back okay. to um,
2: yep. back to Breach Delivery. Again, you know it's a passion of mine. And the documentary, One More Time, is called... Heads Up, The Disappearing Art of Breach Delivery.
0: Here's what I understand from what you're saying. I'm going to say it a little more blunt than you are. I understand that you guys probably need a couple of bucks to finish off this project.
2: Yes, we are about 30-some percent to our goal. And we, our goal is up at the end of April. So we're going to have this podcast up probably a week before the end of April is over. This is important stuff. What is the and if it's, we're website
0: to go to? An, let's it's be,
2: Indiegogo, Indiegogo.com. Spell that. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O. It's Ind- a fundraising uh, yep. a website. Everybody are, knows about it. People are aware. Yeah. Indiegogo.com. And then in the search engine, just put in heads up. Heads up. And it will come up. Okay. And uh, if you could just give $10, $25. If you could if you could uh, share the link to some of your friends and family uh, it would be really important because we really want to make a goal we have a fifty thousand dollar goal we're at about 24 23 22 now I think I can't remember exactly um, people often hold off to the end to these things until the end because they want to see what other people have given
0: and they just want to give you Agida and Elliot Berlin it's Agida. remember the word Agida? no Oh my gosh! My mom used to use the word ajuda. I thought it was like a Yiddish. Oh, I got Ajida. You give me Ajida. No, N- no, that's got to be. You know that word? Oh wow, that's a New York thing. How old are you? I'm 108. It's not Yiddish. I know that. Oh, I'm 42. Ajida. My mom used to. Brian, you give me Ajida. What is it? I don't know. We got An- angina. Not no. That's no ajuda. We should... got. Maybe, maybe go she to was Google. saying angina, like chest pain. She no. wasn't saying. <laughs> isn't that angina? Yeah. Well, angina. Uh, ajuda. Or was she? If the, Maybe wow. she was saying chest pain. If she was mispronouncing "angina," that's hilarious.
2: I bet you that's what she was saying. Google
0: "ajuna" or something. <laughs> I,
2: we used to say in New
0: York, everybody. How said... How in the on,
2: world would you spell that? I, yeah, I just, in
0: 1979 on Staten Island, everybody said, "You give me ajuna." I don't know. That's so funny. Anyway, that is funny. So the, you know, but you're right about fundraising. I've learned this. By the way, we do great, great. Our company does a great, great thing with a group called Food for the Poor. Right, people, and we go to Haiti and Guatemala. We do great work, people. Uh, when it comes to funding projects, they really do wait till the last minute. Yep. It's human nature, as I proved with my passport a number of months ago. It's human nature. People think, ah, somebody else on. And then at the end, they go, okay, here's my 30 bucks. Here's my 50 bucks. And then some angels, here's my $100 contribution. Yeah, and if they're like three
2: dollars or $4,000 short, then somebody will come in and say. Right. You know, I, I remember that in the old days when um, they used to black out, when we used to have a football team here. Yes. They used to black it out if it wasn't sold out. And in Minneapolis, a lot of times the Viking games were not sold out the day, be, the 24 hours beforehand. So what would happen is that some corporation like Pillsbury or General Mills would buy the last 6,000 tickets so that everybody could watch it on TV. And be sure to let the community know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then they and then give the tickets away to you know to needy people who wanted to go to a Vikings game. And, That's wonderful. and it was a big deal. So it's the same thing here. We'll, we'll have benefactors. I might even be one of those benefactors Okay, for all great. I know.
0: Okay, speaking of football, real <laughs> quickly, you see Aaron Hernandez. Yes. Air, NFL. Today, Today, NFL, which
2: is two weeks ago by the time this is broadcast
0: NFL star Aaron Hernandez convicted of murder Oakland Raiders immediately make multi-year deal <laughs> Uh, okay, thank you. Good night, everybody. But that <laughs> is a joke that David Tintel, a fan of this program, wrote on Facebook that I, uh, that I want to give him credit for. I thought it was a funny joke. That is pretty funny. Uh, well, it's, it's tragic, but funny. It, of course, it's tragic. So tell yeah. us, uh, when Elliot Berlin was on the podcast, I remember that. That was months back. Right. Um, do you want to take this opportunity to, uh, in a nutshell, remind folks yeah, of the project? Yeah, well, first of, all,
2: first of all, Dr. Berlin has got a wellness project. I mean, he's, he's got an informed pregnancy project. He's, I don't even know how he... he has time to go to the bathroom. In the busy day. dude. Yeah, he's a busy dude. Plus, he's a busy, he's got a busy chiropractic practice. I actually see him myself uh, for some adjustments and things like that. By the way,
0: where's your pain? Where's your back pain? You got back pain? Where is it? It
2: starts in my in my right yeah. big toe and ends at the top of my scalp.
0: Oh, gosh, really?
2: Yeah, I've abused my body pretty badly. You have a body of pain between athletic injuries and falling off and thrown off my horse. And, hockey stuff, too, obviously. For, well, yeah. hockey, no, you know, I didn't play hockey long enough into adulthood to have you know, set me up, but it was, it was soccer and foot and touch football and, and that horse knee surgeries. God, twice God and a horse Horses and, are
0: beautiful animals. And and I'm scared to
2: death of them. I'm yeah. So I, afraid. I'm even going right now. I'm seeing a physio, a th- uh, uh, physical therapist types person, a, a body motion person to try to help me get back into uh, shape. And we'll, maybe I'll even have her on the podcast mm-hmm. sometime cause it, cause she's, she's very, very good. But I want to get back to Elliot for a second because Elliot, uh, besides all the wonderful things he does for all the clients he sees, um, uh, he does a lot of stuff with Breach Delivery, and Breach Delivery, as, you, as I've said, is my passion, and, and uh, bringing Breach Delivery back, and that's why this documentary is so important to me. Um, we need to, uh, we need to, essentially, well, one of the slogans we have, we're giving out some t-shirts at an upcoming event. It's going to say, reteach Breach uh, uh, on it, and it's going to uh, uh, be at the doula's dinner. Which is coming up at the uh, I think at the end of this month. Is that a pretty or...
0: well attended event? I bet it is. Yeah, there's
2: a couple hundred people that come every year. From, um, and the Doula's of Southern California are a great organization. That's cool. They've honored me with um, with a uh, lifetime achievement award. That's which very has special. has Been, been uh, very nice, and of course, when I got it, I thought I'm supposed to retire now because don't you, <laughs> you don't tend to retire when you get your lifetime achievement award? And it's like getting an AARP I was just, card. I was, just, I was just getting started <laughs> home at that time, but uh, uh, so so the. The breach delivery thing is, is, is such that, you know, I'm getting emails pretty much every day right. from people either um, locally or nationally or through a couple of the breach websites on Facebook uh, where I'm commenting or talking to people every single day about giving them an opportunity or giving them options. Um, I'm still waiting on my paper to be published. That's the, it's the longest run out uh, uh, submission that I've ever, you know, that, that I can imagine. You say Elliot
0: Berlin's got a lot going on and he does. You do, too. Yeah, yeah things team.
2: are a little easier for me. Uh, yeah. my, my schedule's a little bit uh, uh, lighter recently. So the project... And since I don't have Stanley Cup games to watch except know. to cheer against the Ducks. Yeah, which um, is fun. Which yeah, is fun. it is fun to hope that they'll lose.
0: America's yeah. pastime cheering against the Ducks.
2: Yeah, well, people like the... Oh, see the other people fail. It's totally so, fun. It right. uh, makes us feel better about ourselves. Yes.
0: And gosh, John, it, it signed me up. Uh, the yes. uh, so uh, the Elliot Berlin, uh, the 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 documentary, we don't know when it will be available for viewing because we're doing Indiegogo. We're doing we're raising funds. Yeah,
2: it is. It is. It is mostly done. <laughs> OK. But, OK. You know, it's kind of like uh, in, in Princess Bride. It's mostly he's he's not, he's not completely dead. He's mostly and it's mostly done. What will be the message of the finished product? the finished product is that breach is a reasonable option and that people need to seek out choices and that, that the training needs to be brought back and that people who are educating future doctors need to get off their duff and, and reteach the uh, breach techniques of breach delivery. As I've said many times, and I, you know, I have uh, some memes on, on my, on my Facebook page that says, you know, um, doing a cesarean section does not make you an obstetrician. You know, doing breach delivery makes you an obstetrician. Doing a forceps delivery makes you an obstetrician. Being able to, Put your hand in and rotate a baby from from occiput posterior to occiput transverse or anterior makes you an obstetrician doing a sur- you know any well-trained chimpanzee can do a surgical birth and it, and it really is not the answer to a lot of problems surgery is causing a lot of problems in pregnant women and in, the, and in their and their children, which we are just gradually beginning to discover, discover over the last decade. Let me ask Think, you. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, let me ask you a question. Uh, a medical question, and obviously, I come here uh, to this program obviously as the layperson. Um, one would uh, you, you often in your eloquent case against C sections and in your eloquent advocacy of home birthing and birthing outside the hospital, oftentimes. A lot of the times uh, in that conversation, in your uh, verbal presentation will be many reasons to doubt, not like, not trust surgery. One would think, I think at 42, that, wow, surgery, the art and it is of surgery Uh, in the when was the first surgery performed? Do you know? I don't. When the first surgery was performed. I mean, oh, no, no. How, how old an art is it? Is uh, it millennia? Okay, one would think at this point people often died, but they right, but, but right,
2: it was, but it was performed.
0: But uh, I mean, if you wanted to, I, sometimes I ask you to do this because it's interesting. I think to listen to to sort of uh, have you argue the other side as willing as you'll be. Isn't it obvious? Isn't it true? I really ask sincerely that the art of surgery has grown in a positive way exponentially specifically in recent years with such scientific advancements
2: yeah well there, there have been is some... it
0: tougher to make the case against surgery in
2: 2015 well I, no, it's actually easier to make the case against surgery in 2015 and we're not just talking about obstetric surgery we're talking about surgeries in general because there are new techniques now that that people there are things that can be done and testing that can be done and procedures that can be done that sort of go around surgery. There are medications we can use to shrink tumors as opposed to removing like fibroid tumors. Um, you've got now laparoscopic procedures instead of open surgery. So you can, you can take, you can, people can go in the same day and get their gallbladder out and go home the same day as opposed to being in the hospital for three days. The problem is, is that we're losing the art of what it is to be, um, a physician for I'll give you another example. Um, there's a, there's a new test, uh, not new test. It's rel- relatively new called NIPT, which stands for non-invasive prenatal testing. I've heard about that. This is a, uh, you can draw blood on the mother now to tell you the chromosomes on the baby for the purpose of genetic screening. So a pregnant couple gets pregnant, they want to know if their baby has Down syndrome, and it used to be that you'd have to have something called chorionic villus sampling or an amniocentesis in order to determine whether that baby had Down syndrome for sure. There were screening tests, but nothing was that accurate. This happens with every pregnancy. No, no, it's, it's something that women should have the choice in every pregnancy okay, to do. Okay, okay. All right? So now, instead of having an invasive procedure which carries a risk of miscarriage, you can just draw blood from the mother's arm, and it can tell you with 99-point-something percent accuracy whether the baby has Down syndrome or doesn't have Down syndrome. So the, the reason I'm saying that is because what's happening now is there are far less reasons to do an amniocentesis. Amniocentesis used to be routine for any woman over 35, right? All right. 20 years ago, everyone over 35 was recommended having amniocentesis. So people were really good at doing amniocentesis. Now, because of non-invasive prenatal testing, all right, we are not having to do any amniocentesis anymore. So 10 years from now, when a woman does need an amniocentesis, who's going to know
0: how to do them? It's like a
2: muscle that atrophies.
0: You don't use it and it's just
2: not there the way it was. Well, it's like what happened to breech delivery. Yeah. We're going to have – sometimes technology is really good and sometimes it's not. But getting back to your surgical question and specifically about obstetrics, you know, the C-section rate in the United States, now we've mentioned it many times, is 32%. Maybe it's 31%. Maybe it's 33%. This but
0: it's, means roughly 31, 32 one out third of every of all 100 women, babies. One-third
2: of all women who walk into a hospital, to have a baby, end up with a cesarean section. Can I ask you a question? I, I have to. I have okay, to ask but you, don't but let, me, let me get uh, back to this uh, point right. when you're done. It's, so. a quick, it's a quick one.
0: Of the 30, let's call it 32%, of the 32% of moms that walk into the hospital and wind up having a C-section, of that thirty-two percent, what percent do you think walked into the hospital thinking they weren't going to have a C-section? Oh, probably ninety percent of them. It's an interesting and important question. Yeah, and the answer and, is, and, and some of the ones shocking,
2: and some of the ones who walked in to have a cesarean section didn't know that they had a choice. Had they known what their choices are, they it might be ninety-five percent. And the reason I can say that it, with it, with some certainty is that the C-section rate in nineteen seventy in the United States was five percent. Right. it's now 32%. That's a 500% increase in the cesarean section rate. Now, if we had something to show for it, like improved outcomes, lower cerebral palsy rate, lower needle natal death rate, better maternal outcomes, then you could say, okay, there's justification for that. But the truth is, is that that the there's no statistically significant improvement in needle outcomes in the last 40 years. And yet, the C-section rate has gone up sixfold. So, it gets to the point where, yeah, surgery can be life-saving and great, but maybe we're doing it three to four times as often as we need to. And that's the thing that bothers me. I'm not, anti- you know, we've talked about this a million times. I'm not anti-surgery. I'm just saying that if, if the World Health Organization thinks the C-section rate should be about 10%, 15%, and I'm not necessarily a big fan of the World Health Organization, but let's just say that they're in the ballpark, all right? Well, we're, we're, we're two to three times that. So we're not even close to something that, that is a, it was, a, was the standard 30 or 40 years ago. And a fair question is, Dr.
0: Stu, does it appear as if the medical, medical community is trying to bring that number down?
2: The medical community pays lip service to it. I don't believe that they're actually trying to bring it down. I don't think that the forces that control uh, the way medicine goes um, are, are, are inspired enough yet to bring it down. What would inspire them? Oh, a, a financial incentive to bring it down would inspire them. I've said many times locally here that if you, insurance companies paid twice as much for a vaginal birth and half as much for a cesarean birth,
0: they'd say, "Doctor Stu, tell me everything you know."
2: They would, or, or, they, or, the, or suddenly VBACs and breech deliveries would be uh, right. would be cool again, right? Just something that simple. But it's about liability. You, you need tort reform. You need hospitals to get yeah, off their high right, rocker of their right. risk management controlling the policies of the hospital. But medical and you, establishment. Need to get away, and you need to get away from two things, Brian, which are which have the reason that the rate has gone up from 5% to 30% is not because women's pelvises have suddenly shrunk in the last 40 years. It's because of two major things, in my opinion. And one of them is not fear of liability. The two are the free, uh, adherence to something called the Freedman Curve, which is where women are supposed to dilate at a certain rate um, and all women are supposed to follow the certain thing. And now ACOG, to their credit, has backed off of the Freedman Curve. But these things are very slow to be accepted. Yeah. And the second thing is... Um, continuous fetal monitoring mm-hmm. Which we've talked about On this show before We have Where there is Continuous fetal monitoring Has done nothing to de- decrease The rate of cerebral palsy Which is what it was designed to do it, All it does is increase The cesarean section rate Intermittent monitoring Which is what we use In the home birth world And what some hospitals Are instituting Frees the woman up To move around It frees the nurses up To not be pl- Monkeying with the belts All the time And it lo- it's going to lower The c-section rate If you get rid of Because every little blip That happens to a baby In labor Isn't a problem but if you see it on a piece of paper and it's recorded now, now it's somebody's problem. Somebody has to step in and say, "Ooh, there, there was a diesel And then all the eyes in the room, instead of instead of like, you know, the mom and the dad and the uh, Aunt Betty sitting on the sofa, their eyes are all gauged to this monitor that's going beep 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 beep. beep, beep. <laughs> Beep beep beep, and they go. What was that? What was that? What was that? Right. And they call the nurse. The nurse comes in. Oh, don't worry about it. that. Was nothing and blah. blah. Uh, but now everybody's is uh, on.
0: Uh, I'm hearing you. I'm on eggshell. On a heightened
2: level. Well, <laughs> you hear my voice. A heightened le- heightened level of anxiety. Yeah. And what does anxiety do to labor?
0: It- it makes it more complicated. That's right. It disrupts
2: it, it and slows it slows it down. it down. Right. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, that, I got you trained. I no, really you really
0: trained. do. And, uh, believe me, I've learned a lot doing Randy's this. he's nodding me. his head over no, there too. Here's the truth. I mean, and when you talk about, I said to you, you know, okay, so 32 percent is the average. You said in 1970 it was five percent. So I ask you, you know, it, 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 what would be the incentive for bringing it down? uh You know, you haven't. I don't know if you've said exactly this, but I've gleaned from my here on the 77th Doctor Stew podcast, I've gleaned that like any big institution the medical establishment moves the speed of an
2: iceberg it moves the speed of an iceberg when it's not fortuitous to them I and mean, they move really fast when there's something that happens that that they like recklessly they move fast well recklessly, yeah, the, the short, the, short yeah the short-term be- benefit without looking at the long-term effect right the other thing that would really help and we'll wrap up with this the Long- other thing ter- that-
0: long-term failure
2: for short-term benefit
0: sometimes is almost or just
2: or... lack of vision, okay. lack of lack of Fine. you know, it's like a lot of policies that sure, come out. Sure, uh sure, you know they have a somebody has a somebody has a a bad outcome in something, or there's a you know, uh, right? You uh, somebody gets hit with a frisbee on the beach, so the 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 thing outlaws frisbees on the beach That's instead correct. of thinking about what's the long term consequences of that. That's correct. So we end up we end up with one other thing that would really help lower the cesarean section rate in this country. What would that be? Uh, uh, you could probably guess, but I will tell you. That it's having low-risk women being oh. taken care of by? Oh, family members. Midwives.
0: Midwives. midwives. I, midwives. Got midwives. 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 Yeah. I got it. Midwives. Randy, oh, yeah. I got Look it. Midwives. I got it. Midwives. I got no help. Midwives. midwives. Yeah. So, midwives. Ding, 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 like. So,
2: again, we're going to end the podcast today because we've gone way over our have time. we? I've it. had a great time with you. I know. it. Just Our time just flies. But oh, yeah, we have gone way over. Way over. Way over. <laughs> so, anyway, I just want to reiterate. Indiegogo.com. Heads up. The Disappearing Art of Breach Delivery. Please donate something please pass the word on to other people to donate something let's get this done and let's let's get the fifty let let's get this out because we're going to save a lot of mothers and a lot of babies and and bring back a, a, a technique that is that needs to, to come back before those of us doing it uh end up retiring or worse you know what it's worth to it be said this way skip your
0: latte today you'd pay five bucks for your latte for dr stew for the babies skip it Indiegogo.com. Yeah,
2: skip it for the whole week. Skip
0: it for the whole week. 35 bucks. There you go. While you'd make our day, we appreciate it. Thank you. Or it's Podcast 77. It'd be symbolic for a $77 contribution. (laughs) Indiegogo.com for Dr. Stuart Fishbein. I'm Brian Whitman. Thanks for joining us on Dr. Stu's podcast.